I'm an adult child. My name is Renee. Um, and it's always just an honor and a blessing to us. Uh, and I, I, I know TD from, I don't know how many, a while ago, but anyway, we know each other well. He's just a lovely person. Um, so I, the, the passage that I picked is sort of, I'm going to jump around a little bit, but it's basically the solution becoming our own loving parent. And um, it's, from, it's on page 297. I'll read a little bit and then I'll just go from there. It says, whatever our, our behavior was as children, we learn parenting skills or have the potential to learn. Our potential is a combination of survival skills and true love for ourselves. I thought that was a great line. That what we're about is survival skills that we probably learn and then applying them in a more loving manner. Um, our caring nature is a solid foundation for developing the loving parent inside each of us. We, we're willing to care for others, so why not for ourselves? Why not ask a loving parent to help us reclaim our childhood innocence and to live more gently today? Reparenting ourselves, our, sorry, parenting ourselves as children and reparenting ourselves as adults have important, has important distinctions. We were alone as children and we were forced to grow up too soon. We are not alone as we reparent ourselves in ACA. In recovery, we use reparenting to connect with ourselves and others in a healthy manner. Reparenting also gives us a chance to reclaim our childhood years in a more supportive light. We use reparenting to salvage our displaced childhood years. We can reclaim and restage those childhood years. We do not fictionalize our childhood, but we take the time to see how vulnerable, courageous, and loving we were as children. We can give ourselves the care we gave others. This is how we go forward in life, by knowing where we came from and how we survived to get here. And then, um, and then the, the last part is the part which is loving parent. What does it mean to become our own loving parent? The first step in reparenting ourselves involves recognizing the loving voice inside. Our experience shows that every adult child has love inside, regardless of what the, that person, of what the person says or believes. Love is there and it is original. Um, so uh, I'm kind of in a funny place right now. Uh, and it's sort of funny because I like about an hour ago, I don't know, an hour and a half ago, I had a little bit of a panic attack. And uh, it's sort of funny. Um, the reason is because I, uh, I'm a high school teacher and um, we had our last class. Well, last week, we, the kids left on Thursday. We turned in grades. I actually turned in grades today. And then I have to move some furniture around. So there's a lot of endings happening. And it's so funny because I've been teaching for many years. But, and, you know, I joke about this with some of my brothers that, you know, I hate goodbyes. And yet I'm a, a professor where every nine months we say goodbye to hundreds of kids. And, uh, and uh, or at least, you know, there's transition. And it just sort of throws me off. I mean, it just throws me off. I, um, I had a, like stomach issues on Sunday. Um, yeah, it was just a, it was a night. So anyway, um, all that is to say that, that, um, um, I'm an adult child, <laughs> uh, but the part that I really was, uh, heat on was what's the difference between parenting back then and now. And one of the things it says that I thought was so just incredible is this. We were alone as children, and we were forced to grow up too soon. We are not alone as we repair ourselves in ACA. And that's everything to me. That's everything. That was, that's the difference that makes the difference. Is, it's not just that, and I'm going to swear a little bit, I apologize, I don't know if I don't offend anyone. Um, 
it's not just that shit was horrible. It's that it felt like I was alone through it. That's the difference. Um, I, 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 I wanted to do a real quick uh, background. I, uh, I, my parents were a cabracero, so we grew up in the, working out in the fields. And um, in, in, I was born in Texas, and so we worked out in the fields in Texas, and then in El Paso, and then in, in Tucson, Nogales area, and then in Santa Rosa, in the wineries and all, and all that. And, you know, there's a kind of a grimness to being poor like that. So I saw, you know, people have heat strokes and all this stuff. And I have a very vivid memory, one that comes to mind that, like, even on Sunday when I got sick, I just freaked out again. And it was because one time when I was looking throughout the field, this kid, this man, I now realize it's a man. And, I mean, I'm an adult. I, th- I think if I had heat strokes, I've since I've pulled cross country and I've seen kids have heat strokes. He fell on the floor and started to froth at the mouth and all this stuff. And, but anyway, we were told just keep moving, just keep working, just keep working, and just walk, with, you know, keep going, you know, or else we'll get fired. And I remember just thinking back then, man, if you get sick, everybody leaves. Everybody leaves. And, uh, um, and it, it was just a horrible feeling, that sense that it's not just that it's, it's going to get bad, it's that everybody's going to leave if it gets bad. So then the whole, my whole life was trying to show how it's not that bad. It's just not that bad. And, and yet the reality is that it was bad. Bad things happened. My parents died. You know, just life. Life can be a little bit different or maybe a lot difficult, but I was so afraid to show it, you know, to, to sort of experience tragedy. Um, and that, that it was like, wow, man. So then, when tragedy would hit, I didn't have any coping mechanism. Other than my sort of go-to feeling was fear of abandonment. And then, and again, I, I know the word, this is ACA, but, um, but I remember finding booze and pornography. And they were just my go-tos. They were the things that never abandoned. They never left. Uh, and man, it felt good. I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to lie. It felt fantastic. I was not alone anymore. And then somewhere, because of the nature of my relationship to those two things, it's almost like, it says this in the big book too, the abandonment was abandoning me. It was that Renee left Renee. It's that I didn't want to be where I was. Um, and, and so, in a weird way, ACA and all my healing and all that is about me coming back to me. Um, and that was the first step. Like, the first step was me coming back to me. And that's, the, that's partially what ACA did. And then ACA said, okay, now that you're here with yourself, you're going to have to reparent yourself. You're going to have to love yourself. But first, you have to encounter yourself. It says that in terms of connecting with your inner child and your inner parent and all that. And um, and so that took work. I don't know how to explain it other than, you know, and um, and the thing that, the, what I think is so important for me was that not to do it alone, but also to surround myself with people like you that said, you're so wonderful. You're so great. It's so great that you're scared or it's so great that you're happy or it's so great that 
just constant bombardment. I remember, and again, this is another program, but they said, we'll love you until you learn to love yourself. And that's really true. It really was about learning to love myself. Um, um, and, and, and again, it, it's still tough, but my, my voices of shame and that I'm a horrible human being because I get anxious or I get scared for being a, a abandoned, though I still have the fear of abandonment, but what I don't have, or I have less, I'll say that, is I have less the Renee that's beating up on that little kid, that little voice that's beating up on little Renee. So now I'm not fighting two fights. You know, I'm just uh, just handling the, the, the fear of the sadness. Um, and and it was, it's just really important to me that I learn from you all and from this program how to love myself in a way that even reconfigured my image of my higher power. I, uh, some of you already know, I know TV knows this, that I have a doctorate in theology. And um, so, I, I mean, I, I teach religion. <laughs> And, and so the language of God is very familiar to me. And it's just been, you know, I, I really more and more have accepted that, that God is love, that that, that, that is my experience. Um, and that's, it's very easy to do it for other people. Um, with my students, you know, I just remember there've been different times um, that I've been very blessed to, to have students tell me that they feel loved by me. And, uh, and it's very remarkable to me, you know, and it says it in the Red Book that, so now turn that towards yourself, right? You learn to love other people and now turn it, turn it around and give it to yourself. That's a big question, you know? Um, I remember that there was, um, when I was teaching at the University of Portland, the student that essentially had uh, anxiety so severe that she never, literally, she never came to class. I mean, she just was incapable of leaving her dorm. And... Um, like the last week she came into my office and uh, she had her little, uh, a little puppy and all that. And you could tell she was ashamed. And I saw, you know, she, I, she, I opened the door and it was her and I said, Hey, you know, what's up? You know? <laughs> and I, I, I uh, you know, she sat down and I said, Hey, let's sit down and kind of chill out. And then I said, look, before we get it, we got to figure out how to do the grading thing and all that. We'll get taken care of. I said, but I just want you to know, you're like, this, you're like a champion. I mean, you know, this is wild that you did. You're like a, you climbed 8,000 mountains, you know? So whatever. I don't give a damn. You know, you, you got like a jillion A's already. And then we'll figure out this other crap later. And she started to cry and I started to cry. And I'm thinking to myself, well, why do, how do I respond when I get angry? Sometimes I berate myself. Sometimes I get mad at myself. Sometimes I think I'm weak. Now, what kind of nonsense is that? Seriously, it's nonsense, man. So don't do that to yourself, Renee. Don't do that anymore. You know? She's she's a great human being. So are you. So are you. Um, so I don't know. It's just been like that kind of thing. Uh, the last couple of things I wanted to say is that coming back to myself has been about being authentic. You know, and again, I know this is different programs, but I read a lot. I just have always read since I was about 12 or 13 a lot of intellectual stuff and all. Anyway, Carl Jung one, one time said that as he got older in life, he said it really wasn't about being happy or sad or any of that. He didn't, he said it's really about being authentic. It's being real. And when I think of what's harmful to me now, it's when I'm not me. 
And when I think about my, even like my addiction, right, porn or, or food, the sad thing when I think about it is like, like I used to drink, like I said, in a half hour, well, probably like a, an hour, half hour to an hour after my mom died, and a half hour to an hour after I got my black belt in Aikido, I felt the same because I was drunk. See, nothing, it was all what, like my, my, my emotional spectrum was like this wide. And now life is this damn wide. Oops, sorry. It's this wide, you know? Um, which, by the way, includes being sad when kids leave and knowing that, that they were watching the video of the, the shootings of the kids in Texas in my class um, at that time too, when they were, you know, and they wanted me to talk about it with them and having to hold their pain and their fear. Um, and then my pain and my fear and all of that. It's all there. It's all of it. Um, let me, you know, so, so there's something about being authentic. Just be where you are 100%. And anything that deviates from that, that's where I get unhealthy. And then the, the other part that I, I've noticed for me is I'm trying to be more humorous. Uh, so I'll give you an example, and I hope, again, no one gets offended by this, but there's a song um, called That 17 by a woman named Janice, and it's a great song. But anyway, um, it's about growing up in high school and not being very popular. I don't remember being very popular. I remember being a nerd and all that. If you looked at my yearbook, you would see that people really liked me, God bless them, but I just felt really alien and horrible. And I've always sort of, I, ha- I, don't, I don't not only have an inner child, but I have an inner adolescence, et cetera, right? And Recording so, in progress. Oh, and um, um, and, and so I remember this happened about three years ago. I was driving to a recording SA, stopped. I was driving to an essay meeting, and uh, anyway, and I was listening to a, a CD that I had burned, and it was Tony Orlando and Don. If you don't know who these people are, that's okay. But anyway, they're like a goofy little Las Vegas act, and I, my parents used to love it, and I used to love it, and I would listen to it over. Uh, in high school and I was driving and I remember thinking to myself Jesus Christ Renee no wonder yeah I hope no one gets offended by it. I remember to my, thinking to myself Jesus Christ Renee no wonder you didn't get laid you uh, you were listening to Tony Orlando and Don in high school the hell what kind of woman's gonna wanna go out with a dude that listens to Tony Orlando and Don seriously you know you got heavy metal you got this but you got I'm listening to Tony Orlando and Don for primary sakes and I just okay. started to burst out laughing and um and and there was that part of me that really loved that little adolescent. I was able to go, damn, you were a good guy, man. You were a crazy little high school nutcase, just like happiness, you know? And it was just so beautiful. I remember loving that little boy, loving him. And going, damn, you're good, man, you're good. And uh, it was great. Anyway, I wouldn't be able to do any of that without this reparenting. And I'll end by saying this, what's the difference? The difference is I'm not doing it alone. I'm doing it with you guys. When I was driving away from school today, I got freaked out. First thing I did is I called about two or three people. That's it. I didn't go to a bar and I didn't go to a a porn site. I I talked to human beings. I prayed. Sometimes I don't get that far, but lots of times I do. And that's the difference. So anyway, that's, I'll just stop there. But, um, and again, I feel very honored to be here and thank you to you.